Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. My name is David. For those of you who don't know, I'm one of the pastors here. We're just going to be continuing our series on the exalted Christ. Haven't you been blessed going through the book of John? Hasn't this been amazing? I believe that God has something in store for us today that is going to be a tool, a weapon that we can use throughout the rest of our lives. In fact, the people that I've seen apply this truth, those people are the strongest people I know. The people that are able to really apply what is in this sermon and receive what Jesus was trying to teach them, I believe these are the people that see the most miracles, they, they experience the most breakthrough, and I don't know about you, but I want to see God breakthrough today. Do you want to see that? Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So let's open up our Bibles and turn to John chapter 4, starting in verse 43. And before we read that, um, today... This, this, the title of today's message is the second sign, the second sign. And the reason that it's called the second sign is because this passage is talking about the second miracle or sign that Jesus performed in Galilee. You'll remember that the first miracle that he performed in Galilee was the turning the water into wine. And what Jesus did is his mother interceded on behalf of the wedding party, and they, and they asked, uh, excuse me, she asked Jesus, she says, Jesus, please do something so that these people are not embarrassed. And Jesus, he performed a miracle, he provided the wine at the wedding, and it was, it was a wonderful time. So, here we find a father interceding on behalf of his son. And in this story, we see Jesus walking into a place where there wasn't much faith, where there wasn't a lot of potential for breakthrough, so to speak. We see him walk into a place where a father is in desperate need and he's asking Jesus to help him. And so, you'll remember from the sermons previously that when, when, we, when the book of John talks about a sign, the reason that it uses the word sign is because it's a miracle that has a lesson attached to it. It's a miracle that has a lesson attached to it. And so as we watch this miracle unfold, we need to ask the question, God, what are you trying to say to me? Everybody say, what are you saying to me? God wants to speak to you today. And this can be a conversation with you and Jesus today because when we read the word of God, it becomes alive to us. Hebrews says that the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. And so today, what we're doing is we're opening up the word and we're asking the question, what sign is it that Jesus is trying to say to us? And I believe that the thing that Jesus wants us to know is that the exalted Christ has exalted words. You see, this miracle which we're about to read, shows the power of Jesus' word. And so let's read, starting in verse 43. After the two days, he left for Galilee. Now Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. 
When he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, for they also had been there. Once more he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine, and there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. The royal official said, sir, come down before my child dies. Go, Jesus replied, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, Yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. So he and his whole household believed. This was the second sign Jesus performed after coming from Judea to Galilee. So what is Jesus saying to us? What does this sign teach us about the character and the power of God? I believe that what Jesus is trying to communicate through this story is that the word rules over distance and difficulty. The word rules over distance and difficulty. You see, in the beginning, God spoke the world into existence. And the same God that spoke the world into existence is the same God here that we find in the New Testament, Jesus on the earth speaking life into something that was dead. Jesus was showing that he is God. And so today, I want to look at this passage and I want to pray, and I want to ask, God, may your word bring us to life. May the dead places come to life. Amen? Jesus, we love you. We worship you. And we know that today, you're speaking. You're speaking to us right now. Lord, your word is open to us. We are available. We are open. And Lord, as a, as a body, as a congregation, we come to you and we say, Holy Spirit, have your way in us. Speak to us, change us, mold us, correct us. Burn the things off that need to be burned off. Lord, impart the things that need to be imparted and grow the things that need to be grown. Lord, we trust that you are working in us and that you will complete the work that you began. So God, have your way in this service, have your way in our lives, and have your way, oh God, throughout the rest of our time. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. You know, it's, it's significant to take this passage in context with the book of John. Um, whenever you're reading the Bible, one of the first things that you want to do is you want to say, what's the context of this passage? When you understand the context, in other words, the the, the the surrounding truths and the stories surrounding that, you're able to understand the, 
the, the framework that you need in order to understand what's really happening. And so as we look at the book of John, one of the things that we learn from the first chapter, the first verse, is that in the beginning was the... And the word was with God, and the word was God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. You see, today what we're looking at here is we are looking at not just the words that Jesus is speaking. We're looking not just at what Jesus is doing, but rather we are looking at the incarnate Jesus giving his word, in essence, giving his presence. In John chapter 6, the Bible also records that the words of God are full of the spirit of God. In other words, when God speaks a word, that word is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It brings life. The words of God are living. So when Jesus speaks, he's not just saying things, he is actually delivering his presence. So today as we look at this story and as we understand the truths of how God's word really changes us, how his word rules over distance and difficulty, we're able to understand what God is doing here and then also in our lives. So how do, we, how do we implement this? How do we make this a reality in our life? How do we apply the word? How do we open up the door to the word? Well, I think that one of the first things that we do is we honor. You see, honor invites the word. Honor invites the word. What do I mean by that? Well, if you look at the beginning of this passage, it says that Jesus came and he said, a prophet has no honor in his own country. What does that mean? Well, Maybe you've heard the phrase that um, uh, uh, familiarity breeds contempt. That's basically what's going on here. You see, Galilee was Jesus' hometown. It was where he was from. So the, the people that he was talking to, most likely they might have heard of him or they might have known of him. They might know his family. And so they're like, oh yeah, we know Jesus. Yeah, we, we, know, we know what he's about. And surely we we recognize that he's just like us. And they failed to recognize the hand of God that was on him. They failed to recognize the anointing that was on Jesus and the blessing that he carried. They failed to recognize that he wasn't just someone who had performed miracles. You see, because they had been in Judea and they welcomed him because they said, hey, you know those, those miracles that you performed the last place that you're at? How about you come and do some of that cool stuff here? We'd like to see you do some of that, uh, uh, some of those miracles that you were doing in Judea. We want to see that here. And they came to Jesus not because of who he was, but because of what he could do for them. And so they came to him and, and Jesus says, I know that they might want to see miracles, but they'll never believe in the word as who I am unless they see me play something out. You know, when I was a kid, uh, I remember that my dad, he would say to me that you're only as good as your word. Anyone ever heard that before? Well, I remember hearing that from my dad and thinking to myself, I'm like, what is that? What does that mean? I don't fully understand that. And as I got older, I began to understand that when you, 
when you receive the word, when you receive someone's word, you're receiving who they are. Even the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, what? The mouth speaks. In other words, who you are and what's inside of you, it comes out of your mouth. And so when people believe you or they trust you, what they're saying is, I know that what you say is who you are. And so it's kind of true that you're, you're as good as your word. Now, praise God, we're covered in the blood and we have the words of Christ in us. Amen? So even if you say, well, man, my word is, uh, you know, not so good. God can restore that. God can redeem that. But when we talk about Jesus, his words were perfect. And you know, there's nothing more disrespectful than disregarding someone. Have you ever felt that before, right? You talk to someone and they're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. You know, you're in that situation and you feel like, wow, I'm just totally being ignored right now. Or I, that, they don't really think that I know what I'm talking about. There's nothing worse than that feeling. And when there's no greater disrespect that you can show to someone than to not listen to them. And to brush them off. I mean, how many of you have been to the doctor before? And you're like, no, that's not what I'm experiencing. And they're like, yeah, yeah, here's your prescription. And and you walk out the door feeling frustrated, right? There's nothing more frustrating than feeling like they're not listening to you. And what you're saying doesn't hold value. That's what Jesus was experiencing. You see, he was in a place where they said, well, you show us. Because we won't believe you if you just tell us. So this father came, and the father came, and he said, Jesus, I need you to heal my son. You see, I've heard that you're coming, and I want you to come and be with my son and heal him. Honor, it invites the word. I don't know about you, but um, I, I love to fish. Is there any people that love to fish in here? Two. All right, good. We'll hang out. Um, we, uh, when I was a kid, I used, to, uh, I, I used to live in Florida. And my dad was military, and so we moved around a lot. He was a chaplain in the Navy. And uh, so he was kind of like a, a pastor in the military. And, and so we were suffering for Jesus in Florida. And um, that was a joke. We uh, I remember being in, in uh, being younger, and we would go fishing, and uh, and I ha- used to carry a cast net, and a cast net is uh, you maybe you've seen it on National Geographic, but uh, <laughs> when when you when you carry a net, you you throw it over your shoulder, and then you grab one end and you sling it, and then it opens up and it fans over the water and it falls down. It's got weight on it, drops, and that's how you catch the fish. It it it, it snags them, and so. Um, if you have a if you have a six foot net, you can catch like bait fish. So you get like little fish, and um, and that's good. But if you have a ten foot net, you're able to catch bigger fish because the big fish are faster and they can get away from a small net. And so I wanted to learn how to use this big net because I wanted to catch bigger fish. Well, so that's what I did. So I started catching bigger fish that now I can actually eat instead of just use for bait. So. Honor is kind of like the bigger net. You see, because when you honor someone, when you respect what God has on their life, you're able to receive more from them. 
honor, it opens you up to more counsel. It opens you up to more wisdom. It opens you up to more voices that God is trying to speak to you through. How many, how many of you have ever given stipulations for how God can speak to you? Maybe there's people in your life that you've been ignoring because you don't respect them. And, or maybe, maybe there's kids in your life that you're not listening to them. Or maybe there's subordinates in your life that you say, well, I'm, you know, I'm above them. Or, or maybe there's people that have moral or character flaws and, uh, and you look at them and you say, well, I just don't have any respect for them and so you don't listen to them. It's real lack of wisdom. Because we are all, every single one of us, carry the image of God. And so each and every one of us, we uniquely represent who God is in a unique way. And that means that each of us have been given unique gifts and unique talents and a unique voice that only you have been given. And that means that we can all benefit from everyone here. There's not one of us that can't glean from the other. And so when we turn someone off, if just because we don't see them as someone that can invest in us or pour into us or speak into our life, we're being a fool because the Bible says, someone even just told me before I went up there, they said the Bible says, look at the ant and learn wisdom from the ant. Well, if you can learn wisdom from an ant, how many of you believe that you can learn wisdom from anything? God, he wants to speak to us, but honor is what opens the door for you to be able to hear. Honor says, I respect the hand of God on my brother's life, on my sister's life. It doesn't matter if they're 50 years my junior. I can listen to them and I can receive from them. It doesn't matter if they've been saved for 10 minutes. It doesn't matter if they're not even saved. I can still receive because each person carries the image of God. You know, maybe you, God has been trying to speak to you, but you've been turning those voices off. Because you have a, a way that God is going to speak to you. Or you have a thought in your mind that this is the way that it happens, you know. Maybe you say there's, I, I, I guarantee you that many of you, you might even have bosses that you really don't respect, but God is trying to say something to you, but you're not getting it because you don't like your boss. But God, he can use any voice in your life if you honor and you respect. You're able to listen. And that's what this man did. You see, Jesus came in and this place didn't have faith. They weren't respecting who Jesus was. They didn't respect the call that was on his life. They didn't receive him as their Messiah. They didn't receive him as their Savior. And so Jesus walked into a place where there wasn't faith. He walked into a place where there wasn't an environment that made uh, his heart say, oh man, I just want to pour out all my blessings and miracles on these people. No, quite the opposite. These were people that were looking what they could gain from him. But this man came and he he says, I want to plead with you and I want to ask you something. I am interceding on behalf of my son. And that's what brings us to the next point. You see, because when you honor the one who's speaking, you're able to believe that, they're, that they will do something on your behalf. Look at this. Intercession sends the word. 
So if honor invites the word, if honor brings Jesus into the conversation, then intercession sends the answer ahead. Because here's, here's what he said. He went to him and begged him to come and heal his son who was close to death. And Jesus at the end in verse 50 says, go, Jesus replied, your son will live. In other words, Jesus spoke the word. And even though Jesus was standing right here in Galilee, this boy was healed in a different town. Because Jesus, he honors when someone comes to him and lays out their heart and says, Jesus, please. You know, this is a really, uh, I, I just love this. And I, I feel like God is trying to teach us what it looks like to intercede. Notice that the first sign was Jesus' mother interceding. And now the second sign is this man interceding on behalf of his son. It's interesting also to note that the people that Jesus came from previous to this passage were in Samaria. They weren't even believers, but they received Jesus. But here in his own hometown, people didn't receive him. And so this man coming to Jesus and saying, hey, I want you to do something on my behalf, this was a hostile environment, not a faith-filled environment. You know, how many of you, you come to prayer meeting or you come to a Sunday service and you're like able to believe for anything? You're like, yeah, God, you could do it, you know? There's people around you praying and, and the worship team is leading worship and it's like, you know, heaven comes down and then when you go into your workplace or you go into your, to your, uh, your home maybe or your school or wherever you might go, you go into that place and you say, not so much breakthrough in this place. This is not the same, you know, which one of these is not like the other. It's like, what's the difference? I, 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 this place is like dead, this place is alive. Well, you know, I believe that Jesus is giving us a key that will enable you to not go by what you feel, but go by what the Word says. Because it doesn't matter if you go to a place that feels dead. When you carry the word of God with you, you carry the presence of God and you can change the environment. Amen? Hallelujah. So this is what intercession is. Intercession is pleading the word on someone else's behalf. It's pleading the word of God on someone else's behalf. You know... I remember when I first came to the church, I started going to intercession ministry, and that's um, where they just get together, they pray for the prayer request cards, and they keep just asking God to, to move in power. And I remember coming, and I, I was learning how to pray, which I still am, and I remember coming in and just listening to these people that had been, you know, seeking God for years, and I remember thinking to myself, man, the, their prayers are incredible. They're like seeing God move. And I remember them quoting verses. And I remember thinking to myself, I have never seen that verse in all of my life in the Bible. I don't know where they found it. And I remember like going, I'm like, that's not in the Bible. I got to go check that out. That's too good. It's too good to be true. And I would go and I would read it and I'd be like, no way. The Bible is so good. And I would open up the Bible and these people were praying. You know why? Because they... 
They were interceding. They were taking the word of God and they were saying, God, this is what you said. God, you said this. God, you promised this. God, you did it before. You can do it again. God, you, you told us that this is what's going to happen. And you know what? When you intercede, you bring the word of God. You pray the heart of the Father on behalf of the Son. You bring the heart of the Father on behalf of the Son. You see, the heart of the Father is to glorify the Son. And so when your request is going to satisfy the heart of the Father and glorify the Son, you know you're right in the pocket. You're going to get whatever you ask for. God, I believe when... Jesus heard this request, the reason that he answered it is because it was near and dear to his heart. You see, as this man came to him, he said, Jesus, I want you to heal my son. I want you to raise my son up. And he says, you know what? My father is going to be in this situation not too long from now where he's going to need to raise his son up. And so you know what? This is my heart. Yes, your son will live. Because I want to bring life. So this father, he was praying in line with the heart of the heavenly father. You know, I'll never forget when we were, there was a, I, I don't know how long ago it was. I, I think it was maybe a year, maybe even more, maybe even two years ago. We were praying and uh, there was an orphanage that was under, uh, that was in great danger from Boko Haram. And uh, they were coming and it was an orphanage of, of girls, and there was just all sorts of atrocities taking place by this organization and this group, and, and you know what? We couldn't really do anything. We were here, but we said, God, we're going to intercede. We're going to pray. And so um, this group was encroaching upon this, uh, this orphanage, and it was a Tuesday night, and we said, God, we're just going to pray. We're just going to see breakthrough. And we began to pray the promises of God. We said, God, we know it's your heart to protect these kids because that's what a father does. He protects his children. And we said, God, protect them. Watch over them. It doesn't matter if a whole army is coming against them. God, you're stronger. You're more mighty. You're more powerful. And we just began to pray the promises of God over that situation. It says, God, move in this situation. You've got to do it. And we began to just pray the word of God back to God. And you know what? The next day, we got a report that a freak storm hit the area. And it rained so much that everywhere was full of mud, and the tanks got stuck in the mud, the trucks got stuck in the mud, the army had to stop, and it gave them enough time to evacuate the orphanage, and all the kids were safe. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because even though we were just a few people over here in Chicago, and I'm sure that there was people all over the country that were praying, we were here and we were saying, God, we believe that even though we're here, intercession, it sends the word. It's, it's the presence of God. We can, we can ask, presence of God, go to that place, deliver your goodness, deliver your power, deliver everything that comes along with who you are and your character into that situation. And we prayed and we were able to see it take place because we prayed in line with the heart of the Father. You know, I, I just, I hope that one of the things that we gain from today is that we walk away with a new understanding and a new skill 
in interceding. You know, it's not, it's not something that has to be so foreign and out there. It's something that you have to practice. Um, but here's a couple of things that, that you can do. When, whenever the Word of God, when you get a promise, let's say you're reading your Bible, you get a promise and you say, wow, that's good, make note of it whether you write it down, whether you highlight it in your Bible, and make note of it, because God, He's going to use that in your life someday. That's like a tool. It's like a weapon that the Lord is giving to you. And so later in your, in your day, most, a lot of the times, or maybe just later that week or later in your life, that verse is going to be something that you can hang on to. It's going to be like an anchor for you. Take that verse, and then when you're in that situation, say, God, this is what you said. So I want to give you a couple of examples of ways that you can do that, okay? Because remember, praying and interceding is really just bringing the heart of the Father back to Him and praying His heart. So here's a little training on how to intercede, okay? Here's some examples. Let's say you're needing provision, okay? Maybe you're in this room today and you need provision. And that's your issue. Listen to this. Then Jesus said to His disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life what you will eat or about your body, what you will wear. For the pagan world runs after all such things and your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. If he gives us the kingdom, how many of you know he's going to provide what we need today? We don't have to worry. It doesn't matter what you need today. Maybe it's, maybe it's food. Maybe it's a, a, a place to live. It doesn't matter. God knows. He, he feeds all the animals in the world. He knows what you, where you're at. He knows your number. He knows what's going on. And so we need to come to the Lord and say, God, do a new thing. Do something in me. Provide for me. And he will. You bring this promise to him and you say, God, you said. Amen. What if you need salvation. Maybe you're in a tough spot and you're like, God, I've gotten myself into a mess. I know no one has ever gotten themselves into a mess in this room, but if you do in the future, here's what you can do. You just call out and you say, Romans 10, 13 says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. I love promises that say everyone and all because it's like the devil can't get in anywhere. It's like, no wait, everyone doesn't matter who you are, who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. There's no conditions on that. If you ask God to save you, He will save you. Praise the Lord. Come on, is this good? God is good, amen? The Word is powerful. These are not just verses, these are lifelines. This is truth. You're carrying the presence of God in your heart with you when you quote these verses. Healing. Maybe you're in need of healing. Maybe you're sick. Maybe there's someone that you know is sick. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. God is a healer. He heals all sicknesses and all diseases. There's none that he leaves out. Maybe you need protection. You're feeling afraid. You're feeling overwhelmed. You're feeling 
like no one is watching out for you. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. And you know what? I just feel like there's someone in this room that needs to know that God is protecting you. I want you to read this whole chapter. You're going to get blown away. I didn't have time to read the whole chapter because this verse is just a little snippet. God, He surrounds His people. There's no way that you're not going to be protected. God will draw near to you. And you know what? When you feel unsafe, you call upon the name of the Lord. You say, hey, God, you're my refuge. I'm not going to try to protect myself. You're the one that protects me. Even if it's, a, if it's an ugly legal battle and there's something that's going on and you say, God, I don't know how to get out of this. Don't look to your lawyer. Don't look to the people that you're looking to counsel for. You look to God and you say, God, you're the one that protects me. You're my refuge. When I run into you, the righteous man, he runs into the Lord and he is safe because the Lord is like a strong tower. Hallelujah. God is your protection. Maybe love. Maybe you're saying, you know what, I'm, I'm not feeling like there's love. I'm not feeling like there's enough love for me. I'm not feeling like God cares. Isaiah 54.10. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be re removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken. Nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. God's love. Listen. I don't know about you, I've never seen a mountain be up, up, like just uprooted. Never in my life. And God says, even if that happens, even if one day the mountains actually get uprooted and, and flipped upside down, I'll still love you. There, every impossible thing can happen, but my love, that'll never go away. It doesn't matter what happens, it doesn't matter if the earth beneath your feet gives way, I love you regardless. My love is unshakable. You know, the devil, he wants to lie to you. And his goal is to steal your faith so that you'll look to yourself to try to fix your problems. But God, he says, look to my word because that's where I am. Look to my word because that's where I am. If you know the word, you know the presence. Jesus says, my words are spirit and life. The words that he speak, they're alive. God is so good. You know, just put your hand over your heart. Jesus, we know, oh God, Lord, that there are situations right now that seem distant and difficult. But Lord, you are the Lord over distance and difficulty. Your word, it reigns supreme over all of our problems. There's nothing too big, nothing overwhelming for you, oh God. Today, maybe you're here and you say, you know what? The situations in my life, they're just overwhelming, they're too much. I want you to look up here. Today, God is king. Jesus is king. Everything has to answer to him. Just like that song that we sang, fear, bow, hope, found. God 
rules over every difficulty, over everything that seems distant, it seems far, it seems hard, it seems impossible. God is showing in this passage, I rule over that. I'm the king over that. Come on, let's stand together. Here's our job. The final thing, and then we're going to pray. Here's our job. You know what we have to do? Accept it. I love this because the man, he just said, okay, he's healed. Okay. Imagine that walk that he took. He didn't know. But he took Jesus at his word because he says, you are the word. You are the word. So if you give me your word, it's just like you're walking with me to this place. And some of you feel like God is distant from you, but I want you to know today you have the word of God, which means you have the presence of God and you have the power of God. God is near to you. He hasn't left you. It doesn't matter what you feel like. We have to take by faith, God, your word is alive and active and it lives in me. The Bible says that springs of living water are going to flow out of you. And so our role is to say, God, I accept your word. When you accept it, you release the power of the word. So come on, let's just lift up our hands. Hallelujah, Jesus. We love you, God. We love you, Jesus. If the worship team can come. Today, we are going to receive what God has for us. Maybe today you have a difficulty, you have a challenge that you say this seems insurmountable, this seems too big. Today, I wanna encourage you, God is here and he wants to answer this. So come on, let's begin to sing together.
a situation that seems impossible and you need a miracle and you say, God, I need you to break through. Today, we're going to honor the word and we're going to say, God, I invite you into this situation. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask, Lord, have your way. You perform a miracle because it doesn't matter. He is the God over distance and difficulty. Nothing hinders his answers from coming to you. So if that's you and you say, that's what I need, in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to come down. And then there's another group of you that you have people in your lives that you say, these people are so far. They're distant from God. It seems impossible that God could actually do something for them. Today is their day because God is here. He's the God of breakthrough. And if we intercede on their behalf, he sends the word in advance and it visits them right where they're at because the word of God is the presence of God. So if that's you, I want you to come down. Come on, if you need a touch from God yourself or you're interceding on behalf of someone, come down to the altar, move, make your way quickly. We're all gonna pray together. Just begin to pray the word of God back to God. Come on, lift it up. 
hold on to your promises, God. Your word is yes and amen. It's yes and amen, oh God. Oh, it never fails, it never fails, Lord. receive, oh God. We receive your promise for our lives. We walk in confidence knowing, oh God, Lord, that your answer has been given. We walk in faith. We hold on to your word and we trust, oh God, Lord, that you are moving and that you are acting, Lord, even in a faithless environment, even in an environment, Lord, that it feels like there is no breakthrough. We trust for the breakthrough. I want to pray for one more thing. I know that there's there's hundreds of situations, maybe thousands of situations that are represented here in this room with people that are outside these walls, people that are maybe not even present here. And God has put a burden on our hearts and on your hearts because he's given you his heart for them. And today, what we want to do is we want to intercede. We want to pray. God's heart for those situations. Maybe there's a loved one that doesn't know him. Maybe there's someone who's been running from God. Maybe there's an addiction or there's something that is hindering them from walking in the calling that God has. Maybe they've been, maybe there's a healing that's needed, a breakthrough of some sort. Whatever the situation is, we want to call upon the Lord. We want to intercede on behalf of them. We want to pray the word of God. We want to say, God, we're holding on to your heart and to your promises. And you know what? Even if you say, man, I don't know a Bible verse right now, but God, I know that you want this, then pray it. Say, God, I know your character. This is the heart of a father. Pray it and pray it in faith and we're going to see the power of God move. So come on. I want you to take the hand of the person next to you and I want you to begin to pray. Pray to the right and to the left. Say, God, meet those needs. Meet them. Just begin to lift up the needs that are on your heart. Begin to lift up the people that you know of. Those situations. We're going to hold hands and we're going to agree together that God is going to move. Hallelujah.
Father, Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. We exalt you, Jesus. Lord, there is none like you, Father God. And Lord, we look to you, Father God, and we ask, Lord Jesus, that you would send the word out, Father, from heaven, yes. Jesus, and that you, Lord, would reach, oh God, those that have been lost, oh God. Lord, for our family, Lord, for our own personal lives, Father God, Lord, we ask, Jesus, that you would send your word out, Father, for those that are far from you, Lord. Father, we pray that you would bring them back, Jesus. Lord, if there's family members, oh God, that have run away from you, Jesus, we pray, Jesus, that you would bring them back, Lord. And Father, for those that are struggling with addiction, Father God, God, whatever it may be, Father, break the back of addiction in the name of Jesus, oh God. Lord, we pray, Father God, that you would move upon their situation, Father. Break every chain, oh God. Break every stronghold, Father God. You are able, you are willing, oh God. You hold all things in the palm of your hand. And Lord, we pray for those, oh God, who are sick, oh God, and need a word of healing, oh God. Send your word of healing, oh God, to that situation, Father God. And Lord, that they would be miraculously healed, oh God, from their heads to their toes, oh God. Lord, we pray, oh God, believing and trusting that you're going to do it, Lord Jesus. And Father, for our own lives, Father God, Lord, would you send the word, oh God, send the word that we can anchor our hearts on. Send the word, oh God, that we can enter, uh, anchor our minds on, Father. Lord, we pray, oh God, that it is not by might, not by strength, but by your spirit, oh God. So we call upon you, Lord. Move, oh God, by your mighty power, Lord Jesus. And we thank you, Father. We thank you in advance for all that you're going to do in our lives and in our families, oh God. But we love you, Lord, and we give you glory, and we give you honor, and we give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, put your hands together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's sing this one more time. All your promises. Trust you, we love you, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.